Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to the Sarah Sloan Show. Interestingly enough, when I was in the restroom, I saw a roly-poly. I crushed it. Just like I'm about to crush this podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. (laughs) Hope you guys are doing well. Um, My father and I are ready to discuss the news, per usual. I don't really say per usual in, in life, but I like to say it every now and then. Spice things up. All right, so we all know the, hopefully we all know, the G7 summit has been happening where world leaders are meeting together. Um, this was something I, I saw that was kind of interesting. Um, it's a clip of basically a White House staffer, someone that works, you know, for Biden and the White House administration. She's just kind of managing him and saying, like, we got to go, we got to go. And it's just, it's at this very formal table where they're having this meeting all these very important leaders and the way she's yelling, like you would think that um, she's picking up her kid from a nursery. So I'll, I'll just play this. Mr. President, can you tell us what you guys talked, discussed? We couldn't hear you, sir. I didn't say anything. <laughs> thank you guys, let's go, come on, let's go, come on guys, let's move, let's move, come on, thank you, let's go, come on, thank you guys, come on you guys, why is anyone moving, let's go, come on, thank you, you guys, let's go, thank you, thank you, thank you. Watch the mole box. Let's go, thank you. Come on, thank you. Thank you. That's an interesting job she has. Thank you. Come on, let's go. Nope, nope. Are you coming? Are you coming? Hurry up. Come on. <laughs> it's good to know who's in charge. Oh, yeah. It's her. She's <laughs> leading the world. It's almost like um, he's about to crack. He's about to put his foot in his mouth. Let's get him out of here. He's hit his limit. Nap time. We can kind of feel it. Hurry up. Hurry up. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. There's so much that happened. I don't even know where to go with all this. Um, Okay, Joe Biden met with Putin. Mm -hmm. And there is so much to say with all of that. Once again, Sky News Australia thought they did a pretty good job. So uh, (laughs) we'll play some of what they have to say and then discuss. Swampy Joe. Joe Biden has, of course, wrapped up a uh, back and forth that he had with Vladimir Putin in the past couple of days in Switzerland. Now, Joe Biden talks a very big game. This is what he was saying about Vladimir Putin when he was no chance of meeting Vladimir Putin and he just was running for the presidency. No Vladimir Putin. You think he's a killer? Mm-hmm. I do. So what price must he pay? The price he's going to pay, well, you'll see shortly. Well, let's see him pay that price. And it was a warm handshake. Oh, you killer. You're going to pay a price. Do you want to go inside? Okay. Of course, for CNN, this was the most magnificent moment in world diplomacy. You know, these moments are about moments. And I'll tell you one moment I noticed there in the Biden-Putin interaction. The handshake. Biden looked Putin in the eye with a smile. Putin looked away. Again, you don't want to read too much or too little. But again, these are about public posturing. It's about how you project strength 
And that, that was a notable moment to me as you watched the Who them goes first? Who extends their hand yes, first? Exactly. And there was that moment. Biden of did extend. He did extend. We were waiting to see if there would be that handshake. And, and there was. And there was that handshake, and it was a significant handshake. But of course, when it was Donald Trump who was doing the handshake, this was the Biden Booster Network take. There you go. Oh, there okay. you go. Yeah. Let's just take a moment to look. All right. Mm. Ron Brownstein. Somewhere, Alison Camerata is begging for a body language expert. Yeah. There you not go. Enough of that. So he gave him the well, shake and the underpat. Yeah. And a little pat. The shake and the underpat. Now, essentially, nothing came out of this meeting between the two countries. There is no promise to do anything different. They didn't even stand next to each other to give a press conference after it. But of course, the American media can't say anything but Biden is awesome. He has them in a trance simply because he's not the orange man bad. And so, <laughs> yeah, and they have video of both handshakes, yeah. their handshakes, both of them. There's, there's nothing to read into their handshakes. You know, maybe Putin didn't look to him because look at at him because he doesn't respect him. Dang. Yeah, you know, sees him as weak and inconsequential. Yeah, you yeah. Know. You know, we're reading into it in our scope. You know, the way that uh, you know the Americans' culture lens. Yeah, you know, how do Russians view it? We we don't even stop to think that. Mm. I was thinking kind of like a lack of respect because he doesn't respect him. Oh, there's no respect. There's, there's no reason to. There, there was one point where they asked him, you know, about the violence that happens in Russia. And he basically, for his like two minute answer, just talks about how the U.S., the January 6th incident that happened, how terrible that was. That's what Putin's answer was. Mm. It was just all mm. about just shoot it right back to the Americans. Mm -hmm. That's it. He didn't address anything about himself, basically. Don't come talk to me about our violence when you had this incident happen. He's equating the two. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Even though his may be Tiananmen Square type crackdowns, you know, unapologetic violence against his people. And, but he can excuse that because he can point to stuff in the U.S. Oh, yeah. It, but it, it's just so funny. He, he just does it so boldly. Mm. And then, of course, there's the... The point where Biden says, yeah, we talked and um, I gave him a list of 16 things he can't attack. Okay, well, um, so he can attack everything else? Or <laughs> He took it in his hand, scrunched it, and threw it in the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody say. And he said, thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you. Now, now I'm really informed. Uh, I heard someone say it was like a family leaves for vacation and they put a list uh, on their doorstep Dear robbers, please don't touch uh, the safe with all the money inside of it. The beautiful, you know, 70-inch screen TV, uh -huh. uh, you know, just like listing off these <laughs> things. And the, and the robbers are like, hmm, now I know exactly what to get. <laughs> because if I attack that, yeah. that's what makes you vulnerable. Right. So, uh, good move. You really gave it to him. Uh, here, let's play some more of the clip. And that is the test and perhaps the legacy defining moment for President Biden, whether his personal relationships will change anything as our 46th president makes the case that diplomacy, dialogue and democracy are America's greatest exports. As for the accountability 
of Joe Biden. After he had given uh, the meeting, he gave a press conference in and of himself and he decided to uh, take questions from the allotted media. And then somebody yelled a question out and he wasn't very happy about it. Are you so confident he'll change his behaviour, Mr President? Yeah, I'm not confident he'll change behaviour. What the hell, what do you do all the time? So when did I say I was confident? I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating a fact. You clearly are not confident of anything because that's a reporter asking you a completely reasonable question of which you could have ignored because you'd already decided the questions were over. Believe it or not, at least somebody in CNN noticed this is weird. But we have seen uh, President Biden do that frequently. What we've not seen him do is answer questions uh, like that without his aides screaming at him to stop. I have never seen a president covering the last four of them who is so protected by his aides. Oh, quick, 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 we're the Biden booster network. So, of course, the hosts are completely OK that their reporter was abused by the president. He actually apologized to the news media uh, for being a, quote, wise guy. And as he was doing so, I said to myself, can you imagine the former president uh, ever doing anything along those lines, having a news conference, being a, quote, wise guy, and then going out of his way to apologize? No, you, really, frankly, based on our experience and, and, and lots of evidence, no. Seriously? Does this guy have photos on everyone in the media? Like, I get it. They hated Trump, but Trump's gone. This bloke is the most powerful person in the world. He's either not up to the job or they are keeping him on a very tight leash. That in and of itself is very weird that the staffers seem to have more control than the actual president over what the president is saying. And you think that's awesome. And you have spent the past four years talking about the freedom of the news business and democracy dies in the dark. So what was the apology that the president actually delivered? Passive aggressive at best. No, 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 I know, but you're all, look, to be a good reporter, you got to be negative. you got to have a negative view of life, okay? It seems to me, the way you all, you never ask a positive question. Do your job. It's the theme for everyone tonight. <laughs> He's great. That was interesting, that interaction with the reporter. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, completely reasonable question. And I guess, yeah, he's saying, no, I'm not absolutely sure of anything. And basically, he's turning it and saying, the rest of the world needs to deal with this. Not us, the rest of the world. And if they do that, then we will see them change. In other words, rest of the world, put pressure on Russia for what they did to us. Because we're sure not going to do anything. That was his answer. And how realistic is that, you know? No, nothing. Come on. If it's going to be anybody, it's going to be us. Right. Sadly. And it's obviously not going to be us. <laughs> yeah. At, at this stage. Very true. Um, okay, so I saw this. The Chinese regime, and this is on the Epoch Times, they said that the Wuhan lab scientist should be awarded the Nobel, Nobel Prize. So, <laughs> yeah, let's see. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson claims the Wuhan lab research researchers deserve the Nobel Prize just as calls renew for a harder look into whether the virus that caused COVID-19 could have leaked from the facility. Could have leaked. It did. Um, 
the Wuhan Institute of Virology hosts China's first P4 laboratory, the highest biosafety designation that allows it to handle the world's most dangerous pathogens. The lab is just a few miles from a major seafood market in the city that Beijing first identified as the source of the virus. So, Kind of crazy that, well, first of all, I think the Nobel Prize is determined by... Um, those associated with Nobel <laughs> and not China. They're just putting out their suggestion, which I don't think has much credibility in light of the circumstances. Um, you know, what do they do? They, there were several lab leaks and they caught most of them except one. And therefore they deserve the prize. Uh, they caused it. <laughs> right. They caused this whole thing. Right. And they should be awarded now. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> is, that, is that peace? Oh, Lord. Yeah, it, it's it's very... They they know. The Chinese know. They know yeah. what they did. And they say this stuff just to mess with us. <laughs> and the sad part is, who knows? They might actually get it. That's how nuts all the things... You know, just because they fund so much of what we do. Mm-hmm. And we're so dependent on China. We... I really, honestly, if I figured out that they ended up getting a Nobel Prize, I, I, I would be angry, I would be upset, but I wouldn't be shocked. Well, it is a prize for peace. And through what they did, they've caused many to rest in peace. <laughs> that was good, Dad. <laughs> You're about to if you make another dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> Only one per episode. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, yeah, no, but that's, that's a good point. Um, so have you heard about John Stewart and he was on the Stephen Colbert show? Basically it was the first show that they had back with a full audience, mm. um, after way too long. Well, what am I saying? I, I don't, they should have just stopped the show, but <laughs> then they begin to talk about COVID and John Stewart starts just saying the obvious, um, here, I'll play some of it. Mm-hmm. And and you'll probably laugh because it's pretty funny. Great debt of gratitude to science. Science has in many ways helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, uh, which was more than likely caused by science. (laughs) So, and that's kind of, hold on a second. No, 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 no. He's, pre- Not, he's listen, pretending to listen. do a spit take on him. It's coffee. I wouldn't I'm, do that. To you. I wouldn't for, do that to you. I'm so all what, for what spit do you, takes. But what do you what, what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like well, so this was, perhaps there's, there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A chance. Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear. It. There's I just don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask the. Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just, that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they I, ask I, those scientists, they're like, how did this, so wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan respiratory coronavirus lab. How did this happen? And they're like, mm, a pangolin kissed a turtle. <laughs> and you're like, no, I, you, you, the wait, name wait, of your lab, wait. if you look at the name, Look at the name. Can I, let me see your business card. Show me your business card. Oh, I work at the coronavirus lab 
in Wuhan. Oh, because there's a coronavirus loose in Wuhan. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. Okay, wait, okay, a, wait, okay. wait a second. Wait a what about this? What about wait this? Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh my God. Oh my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That could be. That, that could By be. By the way, Let me... I gave them all tuberculosis. Yes. That could, that could very well be, and Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins and Annie have said, like, it should definitely be investigated. Don't stop with the logic and people and things. The no, name of the disease... Wait a second. Wait a second. the building. Wait a second. But I, I, it could be possible. You could be right. It could be possible that they have the lab in Wuhan to study the novel coronavirus diseases because... In Wuhan, there are a lot of novel coronavirus diseases because of the bat population sure, no, there. I understand. It's, it's like the same. It's like, a local a specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats no, anywhere it's like else. Saying, oh why? wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk. Is there a, a coronavirus in Austin? Coronavirus? No, it doesn't seem to be an Austin coronavirus. <laughs> the only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan. Yes. Where they have a lab called... What's the lab called again, Stephen? The Wuhan <laughs> Novel Coronavirus Lab. I believe that's uh -huh. the case. And now, how long have you worked for Senator Ron Johnson? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Ron Johnson. This is not a conspiracy. Here's it, the thing it, about science. A, you could be right. Here's, you could be right. But this is the problem with science. Science is incredible. But they don't know when to stop, and nobody in the room with those cats ever goes, yeah, I don't know if we should do that. Like, they're... A few I, years I, back... I agree with you. If science can do it, they will do it. They will do it. They're like, oh, curiosity killed the cat. Oh, okay, well, let's kill 10,000 cats to find out why. And you're like, that's what science does. They, they push things. They, they do the thing like, okay, listen to this. So, a few years back... You know we stopped filming a lot. I understand time that. <laughs> Can I tell you something? This is... This is what happens. Censorship. I've been... I... I've... I've been alone for so long... And when I realized that the laboratory was having the same name, <laughs> first name and last name, of the evil that had been plaguing us, I thought to myself, that's up. Okay, so I played a lot more than that, uh, of that than other people did. On, because I thought, I was like, everybody would stop it after what mm. uh, he would say, you know. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to hear Stephen Colbert's arguments. Yeah. They're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they were weak. Oh, yeah. He kept saying, that might have been. <laughs> like, come on here. Um, of course, we have to keep in mind, mm -hmm. this is now that he's just saying this. Mm -hmm. Where were you 
during these 18 months. Mm. I understand maybe not getting it right at the beginning. You didn't know. But like we've been saying this the whole time. Mm. So why now? Why is he just now saying this? John Stewart, if you don't know, he is extremely liberal. So why is he saying this? What's in it for him? Mm. And and you could see Stephen Colbert is fighting him on it. He's like, John, stop. John, stop. Like mm-hmm. he's he's like pretend laughing the whole time. He yeah. doesn't think it's that funny. Mm-hmm. But you can hear the audience. They're just loving it. They're like, ha, ha, ha. They're just eating it up, which is surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It's very surprising that they enjoy listening to that. Yeah. You know, I think maybe it's a tactic in that uh, why fight this? This is a losing battle. It's obvious to everybody what took place. And maybe it's easier to let the shock of it um, be received by the public and just to go on from there. You know, I, I think um, also Trump's out of the picture. So, you know, because you can never agree with anything he said. And it, once he said it, then it had to be opposed um, indefinitely. But because of that, you know, him being out of the picture now, there's a little more freedom to admit things. I guess so. Yeah. I, and, you know, there were a lot of liberals. They were very upset at him because he said that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, everyone who's on the right is just like, oh, wow, wonderful. Finally, someone says it. And then for me, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm glad he said it, obviously. I, I think that it's good that he said it because... Um, you know, all these lefties that listen to him, they might finally now begin to understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's good. But, you know, once again, don't act like you're some Mr. Smarty. Mm -hmm. You you were way too late. Mm -hmm. It'd be like, it'd be like a boyfriend or girlfriend walking through town and a guy comes up, spit in the girl's face and runs away. And she's just like, oh my gosh, are you going to defend my honor? And the guy's like, just silent. 18 months later, he's like, you know what happened? That guy spit in your face. And you know what? I'm going to start looking into this. We're going to see who this guy is. We're going to find him. Because I'm going to defend your honor. Dude, you were silent for 18 months. Why are you just now saying something, you freak? <laughs> and this is a very small-scale ex- example. Yeah, yeah. This is not a worldwide pandemic with larger implications. You know, it's interesting that uh, there's never any repercussions or calling to account, accountability, as you would say. You know, really what should be said was, why was this denied? Okay, you could say, well, it wasn't discovered, but no, it was, it was denied that this is not the cause. Yep. And just that there was a conspiracy uh, to do that. And that basically is being ignored. You know, he's making light of it and a joke about it being so obvious, but nobody's looking back and asking the tough questions because, as always, the media and the left get a pass. 100%. So, yeah, I'm still a little, you know, confused with all of it. Um, But... Once again, glad he said it, and mm. it's nice to see Stephen Colbert, you know, being mm. a little bit flustered because we need more of that. That guy, <laughs> yeah. he lost his comedy instinct years ago. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's go to this. Uh, let's see. Okay, this is crazy. 
Senate Democrats introduce bill to eliminate voting lines longer than 30 minutes. So basically, it's two Senate Democrats. And yeah, it ensures that voters don't have to wait more than 30 minutes at polling locations. It's the proposed um, People Over Long Lines Act or poll, which that doesn't make sense. Pola, because there's an act at the end of it. Mm. Um, so some $500 million would be included to help states deal with long lines. We, you know, we really got to spend our taxpayer dollars well, you know, to make sure that they save a little bit of time mm-hmm. uh, once every two years. <laughs> uh, this is what they said. No one should be shut out of the democratic process just because they can't spend hours waiting in lines to cast a ballot. Making voting accessible and convenient shouldn't be a partisan issue. I have never heard Oregonians, Democrats, or Republicans tell uh, tell me they long for the days where voting took longer. It's time to pass the poll act and put an end to unreasonable lines in every state. So there were reports of hours-long lines in Mississippi, Georgia, many other states. Um, There were studies that revealed about 3 million voters waited more than 30 minutes before voting during the 2018 midterm elections. So I'm saying someone needs to go to jail for this. Someone needs to be held accountable because somebody waited in in a long line more than 30 minutes. What about Disney World? Lock them up. Everybody... Whoever has to wait in a long line should be murdered on the spot. Aren't long lines a part of government service? Everything you get from the government is a long line. Oh, yeah. What about health service? Long lines there all the time. Or you just wait. But the point is, how about early voting? Isn't that something that would allow you to avoid a long line? And if you choose not, to utilize it and instead to vote on election day at the prime times, you're probably going to face a long line. Yeah, I I never vote on the voting day or Mm -hmm. the election day. Mm -hmm. I always do early voting. And Have you experienced long lines? No. That's usually the case. If you do early voting, you won't find a long line. I've taken time off of work, you know, skip lunch, you know, it's, it's not that hard. It's just, I, I don't get why people have to make this such a big deal, but that's, that's them for you. So this is, um, this is another part of it. The bill would also create the ability for voters to claim $50 if they wait for longer than 30 minutes. An additional $50 will be provided for the voter for every hour they have to wait after that. Can you believe that? Is that like... If you don't get your pizza in a certain amount of time or the plumber doesn't <laughs> arrive, then you get a, you get free money. You've so, heard of those specials, right? Yeah, I have heard of that. So I, I, this is what I'm saying. Um, I'm fine with that as long as it comes out of these senators' pockets. I, <laughs> if I wait longer, yeah. then I go to them and say, give me $50 now, and they better give it to me. I, I think I would be in favor of it, too, if it would come from their pockets. Yep. But sadly, we know it won't. All they get are raises. Yep. And who knows? It might even create some weird kind of a system where people try to say, let's all go at the same time Mm. so that we can get our 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is just so silly. Oh, Um, 
It's just manipulation of the system trying to open up for fraud. Yep, yep. Uh, it looks like right now Senate Republicans and Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat, who sometimes will vote with uh, Republicans, they're opposing it. Um, hopefully, mm. hopefully it, it doesn't go through. What a stupid idea. Oh, and, and these are our, our brightest. Mm. These are the people that we elect. You know, it's it's nuts to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, you heard that crazy stuff out of Georgia where the response to the law is, you know, um, yeah, you have to have longer hours. You have to let water be given out, you know, all, all these crazy things. So this is just part of that way of thinking. Somehow that anything but the best and easiest of conditions is voter suppression. Yeah, and, and I want to just ask these people, like, why, why do you think that, you know, and go deeper? But they mm. never they never give full mm. explanations because they never have to. And, and then they're kind of getting to the fact that, well, black people can't wait in long lines. That would be a disadvantage racially for them. And if they don't have water, sir, that's going to discriminate against that. You know, and you get into crazy thinking like that, but that's almost what they're saying. It really is. It it is totally racist. And um, but they said in this election that more black people voted mm-hmm. uh, than in prior elections. Despite the long lines. Despite the long lines, it looked like black people they could handle it. I I was shocked. Every black person <laughs> I know, they usually can't. Uh-huh. They have to be carried off in, in a you know in a hospital bed. I, I was shocked. I said to the black people, "You you can do it." You can wait longer than 30 minutes? <laughs> you can show an ID? And and they they said, yeah, we can. And I, I was like, what? This is rocking my world. The Democrats say you can't do those things. Yeah. They, they said you're incapable of getting an ID. And you're incapable of waiting in a line longer <laughs> than 30 minutes. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but that is really what they're saying. Right. It's so condescending. And yet I'm called a racist. Mm. Somebody. so Yeah, someone said I said, they were like, what you said was racist. And I was like, what's the definition of racism? Can't tell me. Yeah. It's looking at another race as inferior. If I make a little joke, mm. that does not mean I see you as inferior. Usually, if I make a joke about somebody, it's actually because I respect them more. Racism is defined as Saying anything that I don't like. Yep. Or noticing something about a stereotype. Mm. Or saying anything about anybody that's not white. Mm. That's what racism is now. All you got to do is grow the definition. How about the mentioning of blackface on Halloween? (laughs) Just mentioning it. Well, it'd be like ageism. Saying, Mm. what is your age? That's ageist. Mm. You just asked me what my age is. That's ageism. Uh-huh. No, I was just asking you what your age is. You're an ageist. Yeah, you're <laughs> secret ageist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it really, it, it's like that. It, crazy, crazy oh. stuff. Um, I don't know if you've heard this either. i got to find it. Okay, it is Nancy Pelosi. And a reporter asked her about an unborn baby. Um, and the answer she gives is just like not an answer. So very short clip. 
Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Um, I'm with CNS News. The Supreme Court this fall will review a Mississippi law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? Let me just say that I am a big supporter of Roe v. Wade. Uh, I am a mother of five children in six years. I think I have some standing on this issue as to respecting a woman's right to choose. Is it a human being? Yes. Speaker, yeah, yes, ma'am. Doesn't want to go there. No. Just it say was you, a pretty easy it, question. Uh -huh. I didn't see anything complicated about it. Right. Is an unborn baby at 15 weeks a human being? Is it? The woman has the right to choose. I think because I've given birth to several babies right. that I, I understand. Five and six years. <laughs> oh, did you really say that? I think so. That's nuts. Yeah, it is. I heard that her and JFK had had a little affair going back whenever she was younger. Really? Shows you how old she is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but answer the dang question. Uh huh. Yes or no? It's not hard. Right. That's one they don't want to answer. Nope. And the medical science all has already answered it. Oh, yeah. It's already spoken for. And then um, tomorrow is a wonderful holiday. Mm. Juneteenth. <laughs> okay, so let's hear our vice president talk about it. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon, vice president. So throughout history... Juneteenth has been known by many names. Jubilee Day, Freedom Day, Liberation Day, <clears throat> Emancipation Day, and today, a national holiday. <laughs> cackle, cackle. That is honestly, that could be in my nightmares. Mm. Um, yeah, so this Juneteenth, everybody's supposed to say it's a wonderful thing. Oh, how great. Um, it's not really celebrating anything. It's not really, you know, bringing any positivity to the country like other holidays are supposed to. It's basically just plain, you are terrible white people. You mm. enslave black people. Let's just think about that. And that's what the holiday is. It's wonderful. Kind of a, a guilt day. Oh, yeah. And all these conservatives are trying to prove themselves by saying, oh, well, I think this is a good thing. And, you know, somehow that, that, that the left will like them because they say that. Mm. No, I don't like it. I don't want it. We, I don't think we need it. There so many federal holidays. There should be a rule that you can't add one without removing another. Mm. However, if that were the case, then there'd be a lot of pushback on whatever was to be removed. Yeah, they, they would probably be like Christmas yeah. <laughs> right. or Thanksgiving. Right. New Year's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, we got Martin Luther King Day, mm -hmm. and that guy was instrumental and also a preacher, and he made a big difference. And, you know, I we have a whole month of Black History Month. Mm -hmm. y you know, like, what are we going to do here? Are we going to keep on adding stuff? You know, if it starts to become such a... Um, issue of a particular mi minority you think what holiday do the uh, Hispanics have and they greatly outnumber African Americans yeah I think they have some month in like September but it's that's a weird thing it's like it's September 15th 
to like yeah and you're right it's not that to like october 15th mm. so they can't even get to like a straight month yeah yeah it's also like all this stuff is so silly pride mm. month mm. because you are attracted to the same sex we give you a whole month of celebration and you're not weird for the way that you live um but we <laughs> you know like you can be proud about it for a yeah, month yeah you got to be pr- uh, prideful of it uh th- this is this is totally normal, uh, but we're going to act like it's a big deal. Like, I, I don't get it. If it's really not a big deal, then why are we talking about it? Mm, it's mm. not a big deal. Let's just chill. Let's just chill out a little bit. Because past injustices. And- yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, slavery mm. was terrible. Mm-hmm. But step back a little bit. Slavery in the U.S. was nothing in comparison to all the other countries. Brazil, look at the history of slavery in Brazil. Mm, mm. And each race has been enslaved by another race. That is just a fact. Look at the history. And so we we keep on just focusing on the slavery that happened in the U.S. And it did happen, and it was disgusting, and it was terrible. Mm. But also remember that white people fought each other for black people's independence. Mm. A lot of white people died for black people mm-hmm. where else do you see that true yeah yeah huge numbers i think i heard six million so <sighs> wow or, well no, no 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 they said it was a percentage that if it was the same today it would be six million wow so it was um yeah there were just fewer people at the time exactly yeah, yeah the per- same percentage of the population at the time but anyway it you know, it, it's just focusing upon guilt. And, you know, I think all of it should be taught and should be part of what mm-hmm. you know, we understand. But it's to understand what occurred and how it ended and to celebrate that it did end. And, I, you know, you could, you could view Juneteenth in a positive way, uh, but it can also be used in a negative way. And I think... In the bill that was passed, it said somehow like Juneteenth, Independence Day. Mm. It's almost like they're trying to replace Independence Day, July 4th, mm. which, yeah, I'm definitely not for that. Yeah, it, that just really um, confuses things because as a nation, our independence is from July 4th. Uh, African Americans who were enslaved, it was like a final... Um, aspect of the emancipation proclamation being carried out and executed on juneteenth and of course that was significant but that in no way compares to the independence of our nation um you know from britain so it it's just uh you could have all kinds of independence you know you could have one small group um was set free from this or that or the other or a state or a city or whatever but uh our national independence is july 4th wow yeah um you know i also think about this there's slavery that's currently going on because obviously the slavery that happened in the past was awful Mm. but it's not happening anymore we are not still we don't have white people in this country enslaving black people from last I checked. Mm. But the slavery that is going on is sex slavery, human trafficking, Mm -hmm. people just being used as a resource for sex where a lot of traffickers, you know, they're asked, 
why why'd you get out of the drug game? Well, I realized getting a human was cheaper. And with drugs, you use it once and it's over. With humans, they can be used again and again and again. Mm, mm. And we're not we're not even trying to handle that. Mm. We're not even trying to deal with that issue. So I I worry that one day, you know, maybe a long time later, people will come back and be bitter about the injustices that were happening in this time period mm. with all this sex slavery. These are little boys, little girls. These are women, men. You know, this is happening to people of all ages, all colors. It doesn't matter. It's happening everywhere. It's happening right where we live. It's happening at the border. Definitely. That as well. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to talk about that. Instead, we always got to focus on the past. There's more political capital to be gained <clears throat> from uh, racial discrimination mm -hmm. and looking back at slavery in that sense, than there would be for uh, trafficking today. You can't, you can't turn that into very many votes. And, and that's really what it's all about. It's political power. It's not about justice per se. Because if it was, we'd be focusing on the one that's still being carried out right now. And there's no focus on that whatsoever. Yeah, and then the other reality is um, probably a lot of our legislators are... Part of, a part of this. Mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I figured out that they were, you know, right. having sex with these slaves. Terrible. And yeah, we never call them that, mm. but they are, they're slaves. Mm. It's kind of, uh, you know, we had the Me Too stuff and the Epstein revelations, and but those were kind of individual cases, but it's a lot bigger than that. Yeah. And we, we just, you know, if... If one particular part of it is exposed, then you know we feel so good and self righteous about that. But we're not going. To, we're not going after the big thing. Nope. Just letting that go. We handle tiny little issues while the big issues loom. Mm. You know, and and this is this is one of those things that the government actually has to do. They need to protect our citizens. Mm -hmm. They need to protect people from being used as sexual resources over and over and over again. Yeah, and really, they're just strengthening the whole um, trafficking movement. Oh yeah, by what's happening at the border. They're basically allowing people to be sold into it. So it, it's really tragic because you could really say that the Biden policies have facilitated trafficking. They've helped it. You so know, yeah, their policies are creating more slavery. If you allow coyotes to, in effect, traffic individuals across the border for huge amounts of money, and then they're enslaved to these these people and the cartels associated with them, you know, you're just giving them more slaves. Yeah. It, it just opens the door for it. You think they're not going to grab some attractive young girl there and yeah. make her one? They totally would. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah, it's just the reality is we can't change the past. Mm -hmm. Also, we didn't do it. I did not enslave anybody. You did not enslave anybody. We're both white, you know, whatever. Uh, no white person I know that I've ever met, and I've met a lot of white people, has ever enslaved any black person. Also, no black person I know that I've ever spoken with in my life has been enslaved. 
This was in the past. Mm. And it doesn't mean we don't talk about it. It doesn't mean we don't learn about it. It doesn't, doesn't mean that we don't teach it in our schools. But you cannot come up to white people today and say that we somehow should feel guilt and shame for what happened. We had nothing to do with that. Mm. And it is disgusting to try to do that to us and try, try to say that somehow we are racist. When that we didn't do it, we didn't do it. Mm. Just like you weren't enslaved, you were not enslaved. It's a lot of political dividends to be gained by doing so. Yeah. And, yeah, it, you know, even in churches, it's always spoken of, you know, racism. And they try to, you know, they have this pastor that kind of takes a mantle of, of uh, racial relations. And, like, this is one of the issues where people come in and they just assume on the spot everybody's doing this. And they act like you're all doing this. Mm. Like, we need to talk about this. And I know you guys don't want to admit it, but you're doing it. And once I hear these sermons, I'm just like, uh, I, I don't want to listen to you. Mm, mm. Because, yeah, you're just assuming that I'm doing this. Lumping everybody together. Yep. Stereotype. Why would you do that? Mm, mm. And uh, there was a point where I was starting to be- like almost believe it. Like, oh, maybe I am racist. And then I was like, no, this is stupid. I'm not going to take this on. Mm. I'm not. Mm. I do not see other races as inferior. I don't. Full stop right there. I don't. Mm. We are all loved by God. We are all respected. Uh, we, we, we respect each other. Mm. God, God gives us the same chance to go into heaven. God loves us all the same. Mm. That's all that matters. That's, that's the equality that we should be looking mm. at. But we don't look at that. We don't look at the equality in heaven. And that's the problem. We've taken our eyes off of God. And when you take your eyes off of God, then you start looking for equality amongst men. And the problem with, with people is we can never do what God can do. Mm. So we will never be perfect. Never. You know, really, loss of spirituality is a source of division and discord. <clears throat> and the reality is, um, you know, Red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. God is such a source in his word of equality. And uh, there's so much even in scripture that reinforces all that. And having lost um, a perspective that is based on God and his word, you know, I think gets us really off focus. And if we could, to me, that's such a unifying element. God, his word, his truth. And the way he sees everybody. Mm-hmm. And, but we've lost God. Yeah. So therefore we've lost that. Tis a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we need it back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, if race is the number one importance of your life, then you're living your life wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're not a victim because of your race. You know. It, yeah, we just have a lot of things backwards in mm-hmm. this country. So... I just wish we'd just stop obsessing over it. The The human body is like 95% the same. Mm. I thought I heard some statistic about that. And, you know, it's just it's just a, the skin. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're all the same, you know? And mm. we don't need to see ourselves as inferior. And, yeah, I, I love people. And I just, I feel like all this actually creates more racism. Mm, more mm-hmm. oh yeah we we need to be more careful with black people we don't know if they can get ids oh you know joe biden says black people can't get accountants and all this stuff this all this rhetoric actually has created more racism mm-hmm. than there ever was before 
I firmly believe Obama made it way worse. Mm-hmm. We were actually doing really well in this country. That's true. And Obama just, he could have actually made it better mm. than it was before. And you know him. He, yeah, he capitalized on that. Yeah, pounded on it, demeaned. Uh, it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I do believe that there will be good things that will come. Mm-hmm. And I try to live in hope. So, Amen. Uh, yeah. You know, it, a lot has been done for evil, but a lot could be done for good. It's true. So, for the verses, First King nineteen three through 5. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom brush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. So he had had this major victory, um, kind of a showdown between 450 uh, prophets that didn't believe in the God mm-hmm. uh, that we believe in. Mm-hmm. They believed in inferior idols, gods, and um, they had to create fire. Was it fire or rain? I always get that confused. Fire. There was like a, a contest to see which one could have their sacrifice consumed by fire from heaven. Yes, yes fire. Okay, yes. And they had ample time, all of them praying together, mm-hmm. and nothing happened. And then um, Elijah prays, <laughs> boom, fire. And then, uh, you know, this was a major embarrassment to, uh, to Jezebel's husband, Ahab. Correct. Ahab, yep. Mm-hmm. And then Ahab, he, uh, yeah, he was, you know, all upset. Jezebel threatens Elijah's life. Elijah runs and he is just exhausted. He hasn't eaten. He hasn't done anything. And even though he had this major mountaintop victory, he says, I've had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. So, you know, it, it, it's very applicable to us. I think sometimes we have these major, you know, victory moments mm. in, in our lives, these wonderful things that happen to us. And we believe that it, it can never get better. Mm. And, you know, soon after this, he wakes up, he sees bread, a jar of water that an angel has given him. And he gets some time to rest and to, to sleep and eat and become refreshed. And then 40 days, <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> eat again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, but that was supernatural. That that was a that was an amazing uh, miracle that mm. the angel came and gave him that food mm-hmm. when he was hiding away for his life. So um, yeah, the the Bible is is just so fascinating and so many interesting things that that uh, can be applied to our personal lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I think psychologists use this passage because there's so many factors that lead to his depression. You know, you've got oh, physical yeah. exhaustion, you've got you know, the roller coaster of emotions, you know, when they go up, then they come down. Yeah. Then you've got threat, intimidation. It's almost like terrorism. What does that do to your mind? You know, as it weighs upon it. And then he's uh, basically looking at things in the most negative way. You know, I'm the same as my ancestors. Nothing's changed. Uh, You know, completely ignores the victory that was just won. So it's misplaced focus, you know. Anyway, all these different factors, and we can fall into every single one of them and experience the same thing as Elijah. So uh, a lot of lessons to be learned here. 
um, you know, because there, there's always um, there's always going to be a pit to fall into, a pit of depression and uh, just giving up and seeing things the worst possible way. And we've all been there, you know, so we can identify with Elijah in this. And, uh, you know, the beauty is that God was kind of dealing with him and helping him and even helped him to regain perspective, a proper perspective. And um, I know down the road, of course, he uh, passed the baton to Elisha, but, uh, you know, it, it didn't end here as he thought it would. Yeah, definitely. He, he had, you know, they even say, though, that exercise can help with depression. And he had ran 26 miles, I think. <laughs> it was something along those lines. Kind of like a marathon? Yeah, pretty much. Because uh, he was trying to be Ahab t- mm. so he could tell th- what actually happened mm-hmm. and tell the, the true story instead of everybody hearing Ahab first. And so, yeah, he just ran that. And Ahab was riding uh, on chariots. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Elisha, or Elijah, sorry, was still able to beat him. So the dude was exhausted. <laughs> uh, but I, I always thought that exercise helped with depression. But you're right, it was it was about his focus as well. It just really misplaced focus. Mm-hmm. And not focusing on the fact that God just did that for you. Mm-hmm. And yet you just, you just relied on him and he showed. And you instead just want to focus on the fact that, you know, things are tough right now. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't do that. We should always focus. Uh, and we can we can focus on testimonies, amazing things that have happened in our lives, and it really helps us so that we can get out of that pit, like you're saying. How many of us, you know, after the election, have not experienced some of this? Yeah, that, it's been hard. So, boy, this what a wonderful passage we can so identify with. Yeah, yeah, just a simple fact that you know that we had a victory in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Trump's presidency, that that really was a miracle. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I, I have felt just like some disappointment. But, yeah, recently I've been feeling more of an urgency to pray mm-hmm. and to pray for election reform. Mm-hmm. And that the people that work on those teams, you know, they don't have definitive deadlines, you know. You know, they could always, you know, pass this off to the next election and all that. So I'm just praying that they have, like, the urgency to work on this and get it done that Mm. if they're feeling tired, that they'll just keep on going Mm -hmm. day by day. And and those have been my prayers just because we can't just keep on waiting. We got to get this fixed. Mm -hmm. So definitely. Yeah. And I've been encouraged by different things coming out of the States and, you know, here and there, even recent days, little things out of Michigan and Pennsylvania. And I thought, well, those are the ones that would never change anything. And who knows if their governors will veto every good thing, but Anyway, it was still encouraging just to see something happening. Amen. Yeah, the, the, there's good stuff. There's always good stuff that's happening, even though, you know, there just seems to be a lot of disappointments. Mm-hmm. But God has already won the battle. He is victorious. We can trust in him. And that is so important to hold on to. So um, you guys, uh, stay tight, stay fresh, stay cool. And remember that you were loved. All right, have a good one.